Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, your weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 446. Royal Caribbean's Wonder of the Seas is here, and there's a lot happening, a lot of changes compared to other Oasis-class ships. To help me break down what's new, what's different, and what stands out, I've invited some friends to have a roundtable discussion about Wonder of the Seas. Here we go. Rogerman's Wonder of the Seas has offered a lot of new changes and some familiar ones that we've seen before. And we're actually recording this episode at Giovanni's Italian Kitchen. And joining me today to talk about Wonder of the Seas, what our thoughts were, having gone on the first sailing, almost complete, is uh, two good friends that I've known for a little while now. We've got uh, both um, Ashley Kashulik and Erica Silverstein from uh, the Point Sky joining me here. Ladies, welcome. Thanks, Matt. Thanks. Uh, now, we're here on Wonder of the Season. Erica, I wanted to talk to you because actually we got on board here, and both of you have a collective experience of many years in the cruise industry, you covered a lot of different lines. But Erica, this is your first time on an Oasis class ship. So I got to start, for, I mean, the Wonder aside for a second, just an Oasis class ship. What do you think? Because obviously you've read, heard, seen a lot of coverage over the years, so you obviously had some sort of preconceived notion. How? What, what's your thoughts on the Oasis class? So I guess coming on board, I was actually a little intimidated. Um, I saw an Oasis-class ship in the shipyard. I think it was Allure. Um, and all I remember thinking was, how am I going to find my way around this ship? It's big. I'm going to get lost. There are all these neighborhoods. But actually, once I got on board, within a couple of hours, it was really easy. Like Actually, the neighborhood concept makes it easier to find yeah. where you're going on the ship. I learned, okay, well, Central Park's over here, and the boardwalk's over here, and the pool deck stuff is over here, and then there's just cabins in between. It doesn't really matter if there's yeah. two decks of them or ten decks of them. Right. You just ignore them. Um, so actually, it was a lot more user-friendly than I expected a really large, the, the biggest ship in the world to be. Which area of the ship did you gravitate towards? Like, if there was an area that you kind of you think you spent more time in more than the other, what would it be? Sure. So... Let me preface this by saying I'm on the cruise with my eight-year-old daughter, yes. which means I'm vastly familiar with Deck 15, the pool deck. <laughs> the pool deck. <laughs> Every day, at some point in that day, we are there. We go to the splash pad. Then we go to the pool. We maybe go in a hot tub. We get ice cream. We maybe migrate up a deck to go to the new uh, Wonder Playscape playground to climb on the mini golf uh Horse that I don't think they meant to climb on, but we do. Um, quesadillas are a big hit. Oh yeah, at El Loco Fresh. Um, honestly, when I go on a cruise, I don't spend that much time on the pool deck. Sure. Um, personally, I really like Central Park where we are right now. I think it's lovely. I never expected that sort of park. It really does make a park-like atmosphere yeah. on the ship. It's sort of pleasant. It's romantic. You kind of want to hang out there, you know, with your glass of wine. You know, if my husband were here, I would be like. Let's have date night here. Yes. Um, so, so I really like that. You like that, yeah. I want to talk about the pool deck for a second, but Ashley, what's the area of the ship that you gravitate towards most on Wonder? This is a little embarrassing to admit, but I love the boardwalk. I am a sucker for arcade games. Okay. So Playmakers is uh, it's great for me. Also a sucker for, for pub food. So yeah. So as good a place as I need to get it. And ice cream. Yeah. Um, Sugar Beach is right there. I did ride the carousel. Uh, probably a little too old for it, but I did it anyway. And the Aqua Theater is just a marvel. I, I could watch that show every night and never get tired of it. So I've spent a lot of time on the boardwalk. 
and I know it's not a neighborhood, but uh, also in the ship's arcade, um, really addicted to claw games, which is <laughs> is uh, a fun fact about me. So, well, yeah, they had a claw game in the casino. You win money at that one. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should, yeah, start gravitating more toward the yeah. adult version really, of that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you guys, you know, about you, especially Erica, because you mentioned the pool deck and you got a child. They're great. Um, you've been on many other ships. Um, one thing that struck me was just the fact that Earl Grey revamped the pool deck. It's one of the major changes they made. I, I love it, quite frankly. I, I really like the aesthetics of it. I think the flow of it, that, that seating, the stadium seating, um, is a really nice touch. How do you think it compares to other ships in, in the industry in terms of pool deck experience? Because, yeah, I mean, you know, you've been on many, uh, you know, whether it's Carnival Ship or Celebrity, you know, um, I'm just curious. You know, for me, obviously... Slightly biased. I know this is shocking to hear, um, but you know the pool deck. Something it's, it's an area that Rogan has focused on a lot recently, especially with different ships. I remember when Ashley, you and I were on Oasis of the Seas, and after she got amplified, and it got a um, they, they spent some time over there with Lime and Coconut, and it, it, that was a little different because they were trying to make what was there work. It was more of a overlay, if you will, whereas this is a true start, like, let's refresh this area. I'm just curious, um, I, don't, I don't know if, you're, if your daughter's been on other ships, or you brought your, your other children have, on there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm just curious what you thought about the pool deck, how it stacks up. I, I think what I like about it is that it's concentrated together, because you get a lot of ships where there's a pool, and then like a buffet, and then another pool behind, like Carnival does this mm-hmm. uh, with some of their ships, um, or there's a pool on a different deck, and here, even though we move around a lot, it's all kind of in the same place. And the, and the fact that they have that ice cream, that self-serve ice cream station in the middle of it, I think is brilliant. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to me, it's not, I don't know. I don't go on to be like, wow, this is groundbreaking. Sure. Um, but I do like that I can park myself at, at a, the splash pad and, you know, if I had a, a little one, which I don't, but, you know, like there's the, the toddler deck, which, which that I think is amazing because I have been on a cruise with under two when she couldn't go in the pools. Yes, and that is rough. Yes. Um, but you can have a little one there. You can have your older one there. You can have your teens running up and down to the water sides. You could have somebody in the pool on the other, on the other side. I, I think my only critique is... I don't like to have my kids in a swimming pool where I can't see them. Yes. So I wouldn't. The, the fact that there's a hole in the middle of the ship, <laughs> you know, looking looking down, that you can't just have a lounge chair and have eyes on both pools. Sure. Um, but I like that for the most part, everything is right there. If I wanted to grab a drink, I can do that. Yeah. Um, it, it's very convenient, and I know that um, Royal is trying to bring more food to that area because unlike some other lines there's not a lot of like on the pool deck food but like having um a local fresh up by the the sports area and overlooking the pool like that's really convenient um you know instead of just yeah you know ashley i wanted to ask you about the uh the different uh venues there's a lot of different dining on board the ship right Mason Jar is one of the new ones out there. Got a lot of, it has a lot of buzz on there. Yeah. So I, think, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but uh, you, of the three of us, you eat the most of the uh, food choices that are available on the menu, <laughs> let's just say. <laughs> so what did you think of the Mason Jar? I loved it. And I, um, 
I was skeptical because it's it is a four fee venue and it they bill it as southern food and so I was thinking you know fried chicken and grits why are they charging this much money but it really is a very creative menu and the uh, I went there for brunch and so some of the I love sweets in yes case people didn't know this from my mentioning the ice cream earlier but um, red velvet pancakes were excellent they have a giant cinnamon roll that's fabulous. Lots of really good stuff. Uh, Nashville hot chicken, which I was introduced to recently, so I tried it and it was it was okay. It wasn't my favorite, but it was decent. Yeah. Um, and the drinks are oh. fabulous. Yes. Yeah. Um, lots of really um, um, again sweet drinks as well yeah. uh, versus dry ones for me. So uh, lots of sweet ones there that were. Yeah, I was skeptical too of the concept, you know, because I don't yeah. think I, I can't speak for you two, but I if we're going out for dinner. At home, I don't think we ever think, oh, let's go to Southern food, which would be like Cracker Barrel primarily, I guess, <laughs> yes. right? But, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. You're right. And, but, it, but it's not that. And I think, that, what I think what the strength of the menu is that it doesn't focus on one area. You know, it's not just South Carolina food. It's not just Tennessee food. It's not just, you know, Georgia. It's, it's they pick little things there. And I liked it. Erica, what did you, what, what stood out about Mason Jar to you? I really like the atmosphere of it, that yes. it felt sort of homey, the fact that they made it feel like you're sitting in somebody's front porch. They've got a, a swing and some rocking chairs and some high tables. They've got country music playing, which apparently is the first time Royal Caribbean has ever had a country music band on its ships, which is sort of mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Um, but I liked I liked the feel of it. It was airy. Um, as someone who's a pescatarian, um, I'm never going to go there for dinner because I'm not sure I can eat anything. <laughs> but the brunch menu was extensive and there were many things that I could try yeah. and probably I could go a couple of times and, and try right. try new things. Um, but yeah, like, like Ashley said, I thought that the drinks were interesting. Um, everything that I ate was good. Um, it was kid-friendly. My daughter loved it. She had the French show. She wouldn't let me try any of it because it was that good. Um, and it just kind of has a buzz to it, too. Yeah. Like some of the restaurants you walk past and you kind of you know, you zone out, but yeah. there, there's always something going on. You're always, because it's next to the wind gym, or you always kind of stick your head around the corner and say, hey, what's going on in there? Oh, it's, you know, it's Mason Jar. Yeah. Um, it's got a nice buzz. And the fact yeah. that there's brunch, that's something new for Royal Caribbean. I'm not sure what other lines do brunch uh, consistently, but it's nice to have that option because, you know, especially in our sea days where it's very easy to sleep in yes. and, you know, Having something that's a little more like home brunch, having that option there, I think is a phenomenal choice. Yeah. And I really I really appreciate that. I think um, it's probably good to shout out that you do need reservations. The first yes. day, well, I guess it was technically the second day, um, when we had brunch there, there was a line and people didn't realize they were just lining up to yes. go in and, and they didn't know that you needed reservations. So probably three quarters of them were turned away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you can go in if you just want to get a drink at the bar. Yeah. So you don't need reservations for that. But, uh, it's, it's interesting because that highlights, I think, a bigger trend that we're all seeing is that people are spending a lot more and things like specialty dining, shore excursions, Wi-Fi, casino. I mean, they're packed. I mean, these people are, people are ever since the pandemic, people have been spending a lot of money. I'm sure you've, has that been your experience on, on other lines as well? Yeah. Yes, and I, I personally have <laughs> spent far more money <laughs> on every single cruise I've done since the pandemic. So it's actually um, small. Okay. No, <laughs> I just, you know, when you don't go anywhere for a year plus, yeah. you're like, okay, I need to make up for lost time. So Yeah. It's, it's an interesting trend, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it seemed before the pandemic you would always be able to, like, 
certainly not like where it's sold out in, in this manner. And, and on our sailing friends, it's, it's an inaugural sailing, so you're going to get a cruise enthusiast more than the average consumer, I think. But um, but but I think quite frankly, a lot of people are still spending money. I remember that in Wilkins Earnings Hall, they were talking about that, and they don't know why, but they're seeing it and they're happy about it, obviously. So it's uh, the one thing I like about this ship, and I'm the kind of person who tries not to spend a ton of money, yeah. especially on, on food and cruise ship, is that there are lots of venues that are a la carte and not that expensive. Right. And so we've done a lot of, oh, we've gone to Playmakers and gotten dessert. We went to Johnny Rockets and got uh, like a hot dog or a burger. And, and it doesn't feel like, oh, I went to, you know, Wonderland and spent, you know, $60 for dinner. And, and so it's sort of, it's incremental and maybe it sneaks up on you. I'll find out at the end when I check my, when I check my bill. But it, it feels like you can do some of these fun things without spending a ton of money. I mean, like even brunch at the Mason Jar was 25 was reasonable. Which is very reasonable. Yeah. Well, and tip is also, what I tell people all the time is, you know, you should if you're going to eat at more than one specialty restaurant, get a dining package. Yeah. It's cheaper with by a lot. I mean, two meals and it basically pays for itself in that situation. So, yeah. Definitely makes sense. You know, one other big change for this, I think this will be the first, unless either of you went on a cruise right before this one, but the new mask policy mm-hmm. um, yep. and, and yep. the relaxation of that one. We've gone all over the place. I remember Ashley, you and I were on Freedom of the Seas yep. July 4th, yes. and we were getting ready for what ended up happening this week, but yeah. you know, the, the, the roller coaster ride of protocols has been interesting. Anyway, for those who don't know, um, beginning February 25th, 2022, um, Royal Caribbean, and I believe all the other lines were doing similar policies where you don't have to wear master optional on board except for, you know, like the terminal, the kids, and club. kids club, and but that's basically, you're basically not wearing your mask on board the ship unless you want to. What's been your thoughts on that? Because it's been, for me, it feels the most like it's ever been back to normal. I'm using air quotes here. I, I'm torn on this because I do like the freedom to decide for myself if I want to wear my mask or not. For me, I have several other trips planned in March, and my biggest concern is if I don't wear it and I do pick up something, yeah, I might not be able to go on my next cruise. So sure. I've been probably wearing it more than I've seen other people wearing them, but I admit that I am a lot more lax with it now than I was when I first boarded. Yeah, um, and same. I, I will say, I think the ship, they keep telling us we're at about 4,200 passengers, which is like 61%, I think, capacity. Um, It feels like more than that to me. And it's interesting because I've sailed Oasis class before. I really like it. It's probably my favorite Royal Caribbean class. But I've never felt crowded the way I do on this ship. And the fact that it's not even at capacity, whereas the other times I've sailed Oasis class, they were at capacity. I don't know what that means, and I don't know if it's just a function of being used to um, 30% capacity right. or 40% yeah. or 25% on the cruises I did last year. So yeah. I think it's going to take some getting used to all around in terms of the new protocols as we yeah. come back to full. Erica, your thoughts? Yeah, I would say that I wasn't sure what to expect, and pretty much no one is wearing a mask. <laughs> Right, like I'll see the occasional stray person in a mask. I, I have been trying with my daughter to wear masks um, in indoor crowded spaces. Um, we take them off, you know, outside. And that includes like the boardwalk or Central sure. Park. Um, and if we're going from our cabin to dinner and back, we don't bother. Yeah. Um, but I'm in a 
definite minority there. Most people are like, woo, you know, they're gone. Um, And, you know, I'm optimistic that it's all going to be okay, right? That that numbers are low and given that everyone has to vaccinate and uh, test negative to get on board, the likelihood now with with community spread being low is that the numbers will go down. I haven't, I don't know if there are any cases on board. Um. Um, I was talking to another journalist earlier today who mentioned that he accidentally um, was walking through a part of deck six where I'm not sure he was supposed to be, um, but he mentioned that they had quarantine cabins set up in what Royal Caribbean calls the red zone. um, And that's where they put people who test positive. And I guess they had like, um, they had like the quarantine menus on little nightstands outside yeah. of each door along with uh, some cleaning supplies because they're not allowed to go into the cabins to clean. So I, I would assume there are some cases on board. Anywhere you go, there are cases. I mean, right. it's, not, it's not a surprise. It's not anything that people should worry about, I, I don't think. Um, but I, yeah, I think there are some cases. Yeah. But we haven't heard anything official, and it certainly isn't anything like an outbreak. No. Right. I, and I think what you said, Erica, is really what I, what I, because I have not worn my mask at all on board except for the terminal. Yep. And I did the short surgery today and that was required as part of that. That's fine. But for me, the fact that the vaccine requirement and the negative testing, I know that for some people that is, they want to see those go away. But for me, that is peace of mind that this is a more controlled environment. This isn't like going to a sports stadium, the supermarket, my kids school where there is <laughs> right, right. nothing none of this stuff like it's not an absolute nothing there are no absolutes in life there are risks with everything but the risk factors are low enough that i feel certainly comfortable in it certainly the 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 less prevalent cases in society also help um, in terms of making me feel better on that one so i i certainly enjoy it i remember um i'm, I'm sure you both felt this way when you first got on board and you leave the room. I'm so used to like, oh, let me put my mask on. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I don't have to put my mask on. Yeah. It took a couple of days to like yeah. break that 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 nature that uh, Pavlov's dog reaction <laughs> yeah. to uh, to doing that. At this point, it, it it feels like a permanent part of my face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's almost like leaving my cabin without pants on. Or, or, you know, like that bad dream you have over and over, like you're. Right doing an important presentation and you look down and you're like in your underwear or something. That's what it yeah. feels like at first. What was but, your, what was each of your favorite shows? Eric, I'll start with you on board. Yeah, favorite entertainment that you saw on, on the ship that really you thought? I mean, I have to say the Aqua Theater and they don't even have the complete show yet and I don't care. You could just have people falling off the diving boards and I'd be like, wow. Um, it was amazing. My daughter also thought it was amazing. Um, I've just never seen a show like that before. They had people slacklining, juggling, diving, swimming. Um, I can't even imagine how they like came up with that idea. Sure. Uh, But it's it's definitely wow factor. And if any of your listeners have not been on an Oasis Plus ship, the line to get in, even with reservations. It starts an hour before, and I know that because I sat at Playmakers the entire time today watching people, and it is long, and people get there super early, um, and then the standby line is equally long. It spans from the Aqua Theater all the way down the boardwalk to the carousel, um, so if you want to go make a reservation and get there early for a good seat, um, because you can't wing it at all. Yeah. Uh, Ashley? I second the Aqua Theater. Um, 
My second favorite was the Ice Show, which is 365. So it, it's sort of like a, a loose transition through the four seasons. Um, some crazy costumes, amazing talent. The skaters are fantastic. Um, I've seen the show twice now because I liked it so much. <laughs> and um, they did, there's a something called The Effectors on, is it? Odyssey. Odyssey, Odyssey sorry. Yeah. Um, and Effectors 2 is coming to this ship. It's not ready quite yet, so they did a like a preview for some of the media and the more you know elite uh, loyalty Tentacle. tier members. Yes. Um, and they did a drone demonstration, which is going to be part of the new show, which it, was, it just blew everybody away. The drones are always a highlight of shows on the, the newer ships. Um, I think it's interesting, too, because a lot of the shows are not ready yet. Yeah. Um, the parade that they normally do down the world promenade is not ready yet. Um, the uh, escape room is not ready yet. And it's we're told that a lot of it has to do with supply chain issues. They just were not able to get the props that they needed or the, um, like I don't know if it's like a prefab room that they ordered for the escape room or whatever, but it's just interesting how that has sort of had a trickle-down effect. Right. I remember one of you wrote, I believe, an article once upon a time uh, about the, the, the realities of a inaugural cruise. And, um, well, whoever... For, for, do you mean for, for... Oh, perhaps in your former lives. Oh, oh I see. Oh. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, but yeah. regardless, I mean, the, more importantly, the, the nuances of a... I'm trying to get at is inaugural cruises pre-pandemic or post-pandemic are always one of the things that people have to realize is it's not always going to be a hundred percent. There are going to be yep. hiccups. There are going to be yep. issues. Uh, they bring on the, you know, the, the best crew members they can, but yep. there's just, this is, if you're going on a cruise, not just the inaugural cruise, but I would say the inaugural season. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a little bit. Of, if you're, you have to be okay with it. It's not a big deal. I don't think any no. of us said, Oh, this no. is like a game stopping problem, but you have to be realistic about your expectations and that some things may not be quite there yet. And if that's yeah. a problem, you know, push yeah. on until next year and then you'll have, yeah. you'll have a great experience on board. Yes, and they've done a really good job of sort of shielding us from it yeah. um, as cruisers, like as, as customers. Um, I think if they hadn't come out and said, oh, the show's not ready yet or the show is missing XYZ props, I never would have noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was more interesting from the supply chain stuff, because it's, it's been affecting more than just the cruise industry, of course, but um, the point being, I think that the entertainment has been fabulous, even without all that extra stuff. So that's saying yeah. something, because it's only going to get better as they bring yeah. it up to where, where they I guess we'll, we'll wrap this up here with some uh, a tip for anybody who's going on Wonder of the Seas uh, going forward. I'll, share, I'll start with mine, I'll give you guys a second to think about it. Mine would be um, dining. you got to make a reservation on day one. It's incredibly important. This may be a post-pandemic thing. This also might be, we were on the Nargo sailing and two months from now, it'll be like, whatever, Matt, you don't need to do that. But uh, I think it's just a general good practice, but especially on this ship, you want to make your reservations as soon as you can. Entertainment as well, all through the Royal Caribbean app or if you have a dining package, you make it at the restaurant. But do that on day one. Prioritize that ahead of other things. Get that out of the way, and then you can kind of you know move on and, and enjoy the cruise. Um, Sure. Um, my tip would be to use the app. Um, I found it incredibly helpful. It's got deck plans. It has menus. It has the daily schedule. Um, you may be used to this because all of the cruise lines are starting to do it. Yeah. But um, having not cruised for a couple of years with the pandemic, I feel like it's since you know several years ago, it's really kind of gone up a level, and I feel like. I'm very dependent on it. And I think, too, with the 
you know, the early pandemic sailings when they didn't want people touching menus and everything was a QR code. A lot of more things moved online and now it's super easy. You know, I don't have to bother with my TV or a wayfinder. I can just take out my phone and be like, do I want to eat here? What's the menu? Um, you know, I can see shore excursions, you know, everything is there. And so I find that I'm referring to that a lot and it helps with that initial, you know, oh, where am I and what am I doing? But then my other thing would be, don't be intimidated. It's completely manageable. Good. Yep. Uh, my tip is to pace yourself because on a ship of this size, <laughs> uh, if you wait to do certain things that are of interest to you, they may not come around again. Um, for example, uh, today was, I believe, the first and possibly only time that they had ice skating available. Second. And Second time, sorry. And laser tag as well. Yeah. Um, so it, there are certain activities that are only offered once or twice per sailing. If you see them and you want to do them, jump on them. Get there early. The laser tag line was astronomical today, um, like even 15 minutes before it opened. Wow. Um, and there's just so much to do that for the purposes of an article I'm writing, I did attempt to do all of the activities in one day. The rock wall, the flow rider ultimate abyss the carousel um and it's a lot uh the short answer is it can be done but i, I would seriously advise you to take a look at your cruise compass and just pick out a couple of things each day and knock them out that way there you go my only regret with this episode is that erica we didn't get a chance we're not we're recording it before you get to go to go yeah experience that because that's a uh, that may change some of this. Well, maybe we'll have you on for another episode there we go. to talk about that. But, ladies, thank you for joining me here and talking about Wonder of the Seas. Thank you for having us.